Hey there, Tommy boy. What's up there, Mr. Finley of Joseph? How are you, sir? Good. I'm feeling very good. A nice How are you? gin you know and tonic right in front of me yeah. with a slice of lemon in it. It's feeling good, man. Do you give, you're a stand-up comic. <laughs> Do comics actually hit the stage still and say, how are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Hey, no. how you guys doing tonight? Oh, boo. <laughs> oh. I think it happens all the time. I don't even like it on this podcast. I've gotten nah. used to like, how are you, Mr. Ugh. <laughs> Fuck that. Don't, you, you already asked me that earlier, by the way. We, we didn't just walk in here and there was a podcast waiting to happen. Like, we've talked before. So we knew how each other were doing. I see your point, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I see your point. But yeah, no, comics fucking do that. There's all kinds of weird hacky shit comics do at the beginning of shows that, yeah. that I would love to see go away. What are the one, but I, mean, but I get. But what about, yeah, that, that's got to be part of, that's on the list of hacky veteran comic things that, that you'd like to see go. Yeah, definitely. Well, no, is there a larger list, I'm asking? Oh, yeah, there's a list. Oh, God damn. There's, there's a huge list now that I think about it. I, have yep. to, I would have to ponder it uh, a little bit further. But um, yeah, like there's that. There's the three clap There's the three clap rule at the beginning of the What's show. That? What's the three clap rule? Well, the host always wants to get the audience clapping three times. It, it sort of trains them to behave and, and pay attention and clap when it's appropriate and laugh and all like that. Huh. That's, the, that's the first hurdle of any comedy show is getting the audience to... Pay attention and get that they get a little responsibility going on here. Okay. That's all I want to know for the year on the subject. Thank you. (laughs) A lot is happening, by the way. Speaking of a lot of things happening at once, uh, uh, former First Lady Barbara Bush just died. Yes. Hours ago. Right. She was kind of a shit heel, I think. Well, she's kind of a shit heel, and I, so I was. It's one, she's one of those people who, like, Barbara Bush died. And like, fuck, I didn't know she was still alive. I thought she oh, had really? died a long time ago. Yeah, well, it's also like liberals come out of the woodwork to be like, this is my chance to show how fair I am. Rest in peace, Matt. A good lady. And it's uh, like, she really was kind you. of not a you good lady. I can't wait to die as Tipper Gore. Go. Oh, I'm with you. <laughs> I fucking cannot wait. People yeah. are like, what is that about, Tom? Well, you don't remember we used to have, we used to not have labels on fucking CDs. Okay. And music. Well, okay, fuck so her. a couple of days ago, Milos. Foreman mm-hmm. died. Now, Milos Foreman, well, now, mm-hmm. what do I know that from? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is oh. the big one. Okay, okay. Um, but certainly lots of other great films. Right, right, right. Um, oh, that's a fucking bummer. I, I love that movie. I'm forgetting the guy from Night Court, uh, Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. Who died a couple of days ago. <laughs> Again, I had no idea he was still alive. Wow. Um, Kendrick Lamar Kendrick has Lamar. won the Pulitzer Prize in music uh-huh. okay. yesterday. It's the first time anything but a jazz or classical uh, musician has won. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think most importantly, Gunnery Sergeant Harpin died. Did he really? He died yesterday. He finally passed away. Yes. That fucking guy has been cheating death for years, man. He's looked like death for a long time. When he puts the fucking jelly donut in Private Pile's mouth and says, they're paying for it, you eat it. I, I, there's about 30 minutes in there. And it's, I mean, I love Jack Webb's The DI. Of course. Of course. Um, Dulles Gossett Jr., an officer and a gentleman. Right. And right. they're playing, but, but nothing is as, yeah, historically filmed no. awesome. And, and as, let's be honest. And if we could take a moment, by the way, I, by the way, I picture myself in that donut scene. Mmm, delicious donut. In a donut uh, or in the donut scene? Uh, I crawl into that donut in shame mm. and then eat my way out. I would wait till you sleep uh, just alone. I'd be by myself with a bar of soap and a, and a pillowcase. And just giving like, you the old. Come rub, come rub me down. Oh, different. Okay. Scrub a dub, dub, dub. Um, yep. Fuck. You know, here, can we be honest about this guy? Sure. I, I don't do remember it. his name, man, but that was really the only good role he was ever fucking in. Well, he was wooden as shit in everything else I ever saw him in. Yeah, maybe, but he was um, he was a technical advisor uh, on Apocalypse Now. Right. And then on this. So Is that like, how we got it? Yeah, so no people started... 
Because Kubrick was, you know, we talked about Herzog last week. Kubrick was kind of a, I was watching a documentary recently about a guy, he, <laughs> a, an Italian immigrant to England who Kubrick was like fascinated with getting as a driver. Really? Because the guy had been a taxi cab driver and mm-hmm. accidentally entered like a, a Grand Prix race in Europe and come in third. <laughs> And so Kubrick was Shut like, up. I got to no have way. this guy. <laughs> the, whole, the whole documentary is about that. Well, the poor bastard in the passenger seat. <laughs> so, I bet that Uber driver. <laughs> so all of that's going on. Anyway, it has nothing wow. to do with anything. But, but here we are talking about the, uh, the great Hedy Lamar. That's God damn it! That has so little of anything to do with what we were talking no, about. It doesn't matter. Before. Who gives a shit? I don't know. I don't care. But we got to put a little footprint on this once in a while in case someone listens to them years from now. Put a foot on the neck of these. Take it on the old interweb or whatever replaces it at that point <laughs> and look up Barbara Bush. When did she die? I'll say. What? Yeah. What is it going to be then? Anyways. Yeah. Hedy Lamar. Hedy Lamar. Let's yeah. talk about this. Oh, Hedy oh, Lamar is fucking fuck. fascinating, right? God damn, she's fascinated on many different levels. Yeah. So it's like she's she starts as a as a um, an Austrian or you might say Austria Hungarian. Mm-hmm. Um, citizen in the she's teens of, she's of last of that century. Time period, yeah, yeah, and um, she made "Stop Me Anywhere You Want" because mm-hmm. I have biographical stuff I want to pepper all along this episode. Love the Hedy Lamar. Oh, Hedy Lamar, you're so Hedy and so Lamar. But before we get any further, yep. I got to say, like, no, nothing has ruined Hedy Lamar for me. Like fucking Harvey Blazing Corman. Saddles. God damn it, Hedy, Hedy, Lamar. Fuck. Yeah, it's I mean, so easy well, to slip into that. I guess that um, Mel Brooks had um, the the absolute hots for her. Oh. Like, was for and, her and her alone. Like, uh, he was obsessive about her. Apparently, yeah, exactly. And who is he married to again? And Bancroft, and fucking Bancroft. That that dog. <laughs> oh man, Jesus Christ! But that's that. There is some truth to that because Hedley Lamar. I mean, <laughs> God, <laughs> fucking damn it! Not the first, not the last time Hedley. we're gonna hear. Yeah, Hedley Lamar Hedley is, Lamar. was one of those. She's even for Hollywood. She's a rare beauty. Yeah, but you know, before she came to Hollywood, she uh, was a model and and I think still a teenager, perhaps. Started mm. in, in uh, Ecstasy, really the Austrian film. Go for it. I don't know this one. Ecstasy was her last non English speaking role, and it's nineteen. I want to say thirty three mm-hmm. or thirty four. Mm. It, it's a few years before Algiers, um, and she um, was nude. In the background, and it was the first depiction of the female orgasm on screen. Which really? later she would say, "Like I didn't know that's what we were filming." Um, <laughs> he tricked me into that. Yeah, that by fucking me really well, I guess. I well, don't know. How well does that work? I mean, that's bullshit because she, for this reason, she's too smart. Yeah, she's a brilliant lady. There's no fucking way she didn't she, know what was going on. She actually is brilliant in that in that sense where like we're talking actually a brilliant person. Yeah. So 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 she's. I mean, that's that's kind of where how she got it's her curse but it's also her blessing right mm-hmm. and it's really you know combined with her talent and her mind it's a really interesting aspect of who she is so she's she's what um a, a recent biographer called an assimilated and i'm holding up air quotes here jew which really meant that they just pretended they were catholic in yeah. austria uh-huh. and, so, and she was beautiful and that was com- she jewish yeah oh great okay well and make sure you're even sexier I well, gotta wait say, so she was married like six times uh-huh. before she left austria for america she was married the first time and it was to a jewish munitions a uh, producer. Okay, pro- so oh, so money. Who, uh, well, as a Jew, right. was producing mun- munitions for the German army in the mid '30s. Let's say Did he, uh, he specialty was the the irony bomb. Is that what that was? Well, called? he was a, he was oh, an assimilator man. too, right? right? So so she's married to this guy who's otherwise kind of boring. So she's unsatisfied with him, and and he 
um, is, you know, wants her around as a trophy wife, but he's got this thing hanging over him, which is that she was the woman who was nude having an orgasm in this major film mm. that was banned by Hitler. Right. So, so the God, sto- what a fucking different day we live in, man. So this- Kim Kardashian. I mean, let's just, let me say that. <laughs> well, okay. She fucked those. Yeah. God damn it. That yeah. yeah. All right. No, I don't. I couldn't. God, I mean, we're a stupid species. I'm with you. Yes. We're a stupid species who got stupider somehow. It's I don't amazing. even like that Kendrick Lamar won the, the Nobel Prize. That's nah, how old I am. So I'm with you. Anyway, so. so do, do, do. Get the drop. Go. Do, do, do. Never mind. It's a music thing. It's new. Kids like it. Go. So um, the story is that now this could be a myth, but but it's a great one. If yeah, it is, yeah. is that is that they were having a big um, party for the High German Command, mm-hmm. and um, had a a Hedy Lamar who looked a bit like her um, maid. Uh huh. Um, gave her maid a Mickey. Oh. Then took off the maid's uniform and put it on and escaped on bicycle through the night dressed as a maid. And that's how she got away from her first. <laughs> marriage okay all right uh, managed all right, to sort of get Thelma and book passage on the same boat as mm-hmm. mayor who was visiting wow. Europe at the time okay, Louis B., yeah and kept sort of running into him the boat and by the time she got off the boat she had a 500 dollars a week contract and just kept accidentally running into MGM. on the boat right yeah. yeah yeah i mean she was sort of i mean she knew her feminine wiles and she knew how to work things and she was really interesting so mm-hmm. you know that's that's how it begins you sure. know with her sort of waiting for her first ro- big Role and her first big role was. I just anticipate her fucking being like super. Oh, oh, no, no, please. I'm sorry. I just anticipate her like because you know, like it was a cappuccino had that same thing, and there were like a couple of other like uh, people in the 60s. What was the name? I can't remember the fucking guy's name. Uh, but but there's these actors who were basically made you know stars because somebody made a bet on them or something like that. Yeah, but this is a little bit on a fucking street corner. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I like about her. Yeah. Fucking, she got active on this guy. I'm pretty sure she was. She knew who the fuck Louis B. Mayer was. Oh, absolutely. Well, the story goes that that she hunted wanted, like a she bitch. hunted that movie company down because mm-hmm. she liked the lion at ah. the beginning. When she was like, "That's my kind of company, the lion." <laughs> God no, but I'm saying, I'm saying this woman hotter is if she had a shotgun. I well, know. I'm saying that God that the, the reason it also wouldn't have worked in a Pygmalion type mm-hmm. bet is mm-hmm. that she's too perfectly ready for the movies as it is. Yeah. So right. so anyway, so so we, we start with 1938's Algiers, which is our first. Um, uh, English speaking part. Holy fuck! Boy- I did not know how much I knew this movie. Boyer, Charles Boyer, um, wanted her for this role. Oh yeah. Um, so he kind of had the good taste to be in love with her, mm-hmm. like everyone else was. Yeah, sure. Fuck. And, and we, it just kind of reminds me of the Peter. Um, an ad for Barilla Pasta, I'd want her in there. Holy shit! What's that? And for an ad for Barilla Pasta, I was in it. I'd want her next to me. Oh my god! I I have no idea what you're talking about, but but. <laughs> Barilla pasta. There's a pasta called Barilla, and then an ad. Never mind. That joke was okay, Mr. Miller. So, um, uh, where the fuck were we? Oh, uh, you were talking. Well, we were talking about Algiers and Charles Boyer wanting. Oh, who's who's the the squeaky little guy from uh, the Maltese Falcon and and uh, uh, the man who knew too much? Oh, wait, the squeaky. Um, fuck. Oh, oh, oh. uh, Wilmer Cook? No. No. Elijah Cook. No, no, no. No. Who? 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 God damn it. Interweb save us. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so um, she does this film with Charles Boyer, um, Algiers. Huge, right. Huge hit for both of them. Which was a remake of the French version, which is actually called Pepe Le Moco. Pepe Le Moco. 
Mocha meant uh, booger when I was a kid. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I looked it up. Like uh, Mocha means word or something like that. So Pepe Le Mocha means Pepe of the word. Of the word. He's an international. He's an international jewel thief. Right. And he's in Algiers, but he's not just in Algiers. He's in he's in the Medina in the in the Casbah. The Casbah. Which now now help me out. You've seen the Casbah. Not Algiers. I've been to the Moroccan Casbah. Oh, okay. That's that sucks. Then sorry. That's well, same fucking shit, right? So it's like the inner city and the outer city. Although I would say this: The, the native quarter. It's very much like like Cuba in the following way it's rife with people who um outsiders who want to be seen barely in it like all the casbahs of northern africa have the story of like one of the rolling stones or barbara eden from i dream of genie moving there for a year and widening certain roads so they could drive their mercedes inside the casbah <laughs> so in other it's words, kind of bullshit the fucking, and then of course there's william burroughs who like you know Tried to kill himself in the fucking thing. There's yeah. something about killed a few people. There's something sure. about those Cosbos, you know. Yeah, yeah. Something so, about them Cosbos. Let me tell you, kid. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of bullshit. The premise of the film is that he's hiding out there, but he's hiding in plain he's sight hiding because he basically runs everything there. Yeah, you know, he's he's like the smart guy who he's the fixer guy in the middle of the Cosbo, right? Well, they do love him there, don't they? Oh, they love him because that's what he doesn't think with his head. He thinks with his heart. They say that several times in this movie. So he has all these, um, you which know, of course is sets him up for his for his final fall, fall later on. Yeah. yeah. So he has all these ne'er do well, you know, like Alan Hale, who is the skipper's dad. Oh my god, looks just like the fucking skipper, but pretending to be Algerian. It's his something. dad. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. look exactly alike. Yeah, you notice it all the time. There's a great <laughs> one where he's uh, across the Pacific with Humphrey Bogart, where he plays a, a sailor. Right, and and what's his name? Gilligan's okay. dad plays, plays another his, sailor. Plays like his boss sailor. and bosses him around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so. Fine, okay. Anyway, so we're talking about Algiers from 1938. And in Algiers, Pepe Lamoco is, <laughs> you know, somehow protected by the walls of of the Casbah. Right, yeah. He uh, Partly because well, he because knows the them. the authorities have no authority inside of the Casbah. Yeah, see, so. it's this weird sort of respect. So so mm-hmm. you have this police force who wants to get him, and there's one sort of insider who's like a liaison between them who who does patrol the inside, but he can't just bring Pepe Lamoco out. Right, right. And he's smart. He's the, he's the cagey guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very, very fucking cagey, like police inspector. He's going to get Pepe Lamoca, yeah. but he's going to do it on his terms. He's going to do it the smart way, which doesn't involve bringing a fucking army into the Cosmo where they'll get killed. Sorry, I just remember it's Peter Laurie, but I forgot why I wanted to bring it up. I wonder why. Yeah. So, okay. so um, there's that kind of bullshit, and and it's heightened by the fact that the outsider, the mainstream Algerian police department, is somehow being co-opted by like a a, a British. <laughs> Intelligence no, officer no, who's falling in there. No, he's a fucking. He's from Paris. He's supposed to be French, but he couldn't look more. He couldn't look possibly look more like an American God, he police even, lieutenant. Didn't even sound French. Didn't even try. Wasn't okay. even close. Wasn't giving a shit. My God. All right. So yeah, he was a terrible. But so it really sort of makes it all the more ridiculous. But look, we have our vehicle, which is that Pepe Lamoco. His mm-hmm. first conflict is that he, of course, like every good Frenchman, wants to get back to Paris. Oh, he can't wait. He misses Paris. Oh, does Paris he miss calls Paris? Out to him. Oh, oh, oh the Champs Elysees. Why aren't you home yet? Mm, must have mm. must have brioche. So he misses Paris a lot. And there are some brilliant shots in this film for the time where he's uh, walking along streets mm. and the walls of the Casbah start to dissolve into the Champs Whatever the the French blah blah blah. blah. The Champs um, Elysees. We just lost our one French listener, uh, by the way. Uh, au revoir. Oh. We've gained the German one, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll lose in the next one. Okay. So um, but now, now enter, now enter, enter Hedy Lamarr. She Hedy plays. Lamar. She plays a French uh, Parisian lady. Oh, 
Which is, is just down doing a little bit of uh, tourism down there. Yeah. And, and of course, like everybody in tourism who's being touristy, she wants to put her footprint <laughs> into the Cosbah. And, wearing and her little, best sort of nightgown and jewels. Bedazzled she right. is. Living a little dangerous, wearing way too many, yeah, way too many jewels. Well, part of it it's is just that, for the Cosbah where people will cut your fucking finger off for one of those. Yeah. And to begin with, the re- only reason she has the jewels is she's engaged to a wealthy um, a pig, uh, yeah, an asshole. Basically, <laughs> who's like, I, I want you as my mm. sort of arm candy, mm-hmm. and she's like, I'll take the deal, but understand that I don't love you, and until we're married, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, so she's hanging around the Casbah. Drops that fucking mic at that point. That yeah, was a good she scene. does. Mm-mm. Lamar out. Mm. <laughs> so um, she so, is so free be, to roam the Casbah, and by way of this, inspe- she runs into Pepe Lamoca, and yep. then by way of this inspector, we're talking about the candy cagey mm-hmm. one. He starts bringing. Her in because he knows Charles Boyer, Pepe Lamoca's his little bait. His well, he knows his, his weakness, which is the sweet, sweet trim trim. And she's and Hayden Lamar's got that in fucking spades. Yep. So, yeah, and he's going to use her as the bait to draw him out of the casbah where yeah. he's helpless. What's interesting is that the actual bait mm-hmm. is first and foremost before he falls for her, he falls for her jewels. There's a great sort of scene where he's first sizing her up and it's like close up mm-hmm. to the wrist, close up to mm-hmm. the neck, and then finally to the face, like, oh, as an afterthought, she's quite something. Yes. Right? And mm-hmm. a great, I mean, a classic line between them when they do start to get romantic, um, where he said, uh, Where'd you, when did you get the jewels or something? And, and he said, uh, what did you do before you had them? And she said, I wanted them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a great sort of moment between the two of them. There's some good writing. There's some good dialogue in this movie. And you know, it took me a while. Um, it took me the first half hour to really sort of feel involved in that cast. But, but once I was, I really understood tonally what was happening. Right. It, it's well done. The print I had was not, I think I loaned you that print. It wasn't yeah. extraordinary. Mm-hmm. But you could see through it. I mean, it was yeah. really... Um, um, interesting sort of use of a tight space as a, a concept. Tight space, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this sort of like light at the end of the tunnel is mm-hmm. the city, you know. And I have been to a Casbah and no- noticed that thing that he kept having to deal with the borderline. You get to the edge of the Casbah and there's literally a European set of stairs leading to a European street. It couldn't be like visually more clear. Uh-huh. And he's got that sort of dividing line. Right. And also, you know, as with other great movies like Casablanca or whatever, there's always this sort of like not quite second love interest, but this woman who's hanging on for dear hope. Well, you know, he can and, just get over the lady. Uh, and we take the two ladies. We take the two ladies in the course, and they both represent two entirely different things. The yeah. one is the Cosmo, and the other one represents Mahdi Lamar. Plays is Paris. So, yeah. so he's got both of those draws. And quite frankly, he's sick of the Cosmo. He doesn't like the Cosmo. He, he likes he likes the Cosmo in that it's a place. He doesn't like the Cosby. He just exists in it. He's Fonzie there. That's where he can be Fonzie. Right. And he will not be Fonzie. No, no. no. Inside, well, he, he's A. Outside, B. God damn it. <laughs> so. And, 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 and let's, lest we cannot get away from this movie without pointing out its great fucking impact on popular culture. Awesome. Because, well, uh, so many things. But most importantly, Pepe Le Pew is based directly on Pepe La Mocha. I, of course. Uh, yeah. That makes it, perfect sense, Tom. Absolute fucking sense. You yeah. know, the fucking... Uh, Rapey Le Pew. Oh, God. The rapiest of all skunks. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of the funniest goddamn things oh, yeah. in um, uh, Looney Tunes. But, um, yeah, so there's that. And, by the way, the, the phrase, come to the Cosbo, we'll make beautiful music, mm-hmm. never happened. That didn't happen in this movie. Right. It's where it supposedly came from, but it didn't actually He did request that they rock the Casbah, and that's where the Clash got their yeah, song. Sharia didn't but... like that, so... Yeah, so they had to rock the Casbah, rock the Casbah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess what we're saying is, I mean, you don't need to know much more of the rest of the tension. It's obviously no. the tension between the outside and the inside. This man's love of Paris and the woman who are kind of one versus the safety and security of the Casbah right. and this other woman. 
Charles Boy is fantastic in he's it. He's a great actor. He's he's beautiful. He's at his he's at his physical greatest. Hedy Lamar, for having movie. just learned English, wields it well. Does remarkably well. Wields yeah. it fucking well. And yeah. she is even not even at her most beautiful, but she is just like right away. I, I frankly the more I looked at Hedy Lamar, mm-hmm. th- this sounds going to sound absurd. The more I started to feel like Ingrid Bergman is Hedy Lamar light. As much as I love Ingrid Bergman, there's a little bit of a like, she, yeah. in terms of the transition okay, to America. I can, I can go with you on that. Yeah. She just okay. ended up being more successful than, than Hedy Lamar. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have anything more to say about this film? Fuck, uh, about this film? No. Good. Great movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Check it out. Very and enjoyable. Now, I thought, if you don't mind, instead of transitioning to our second film, I'd yeah. want to transition to like a couple of historical points <laughs> that, that are relevant here all of a sudden. Bring it. So there's a couple of things. One is, Hedy Lamar. it turns out, was bored by being beautiful and, and acting. Being, she was bored shitless by being an actor, right. So she was actually a mad inventor. I mean, mm-hmm. she had like invention, inventing tools, chemistry sets all sort of purchased for her in her Hollywood bungalow so that when she went home at night, she never went to parties. She didn't drink anyway mm-hmm. and just invented stuff. And right. so she had all these sort of like interesting inventions. She had a very, um, like a couple of bombs. Like she invented a, a cola tablet really? that you would just put into water and uh-huh. it would, it would the bubbling and everything would be cola-like so that mm. you could ship cola I off if it was to different good. it was terrible apparently and it wouldn't survive different altitudes and, and different temperatures uh, but she wanted right. it for the troops right right uh, so they could have a cola on the front lines <laughs> wow our, our troops our troops have shitty teeth wow. uh, so she's got all these really interesting inventions and really interesting ideas and things she wants to patent but the one that's the most interesting and most relevant is the idea that she she read a story about another story about a ship that had been sunk by a German submarine mm-hmm. in the North Atlantic. Right. And that especially like 63 children had perished. Right. So she put all her thought into inventing um, a way that, well, ironically, actually, that better torpedoes could be made. Right. That torpedoes would correspond with a signal of a radio from the, from the submarine, which they always had, but it had been one signal and it could be jammed by the enemy. Right. Making torpedoes less effective, right? And so this was an alternating signal, right? When it alternated up and down the scale as it went. Well, there had in 1938, this um, the first remote control television had come out, mm-hmm. and and the remote control was bigger than your average laptop, and it yeah. used a rotor. <laughs> of course, instead of buttons, it used a rotary thing like your phone, and one of those big knobs. <laughs> but it used a, a sort of a, a kind of signal hopping. And at the time, she was married to her second husband. Now, this is her first American husband, mm-hmm. who was a musician, but. In order to become to learn music, while he was getting, he was a notable musician. While he was becoming good and famous, um, he prepared um, player pianos, and mm-hmm. so the scrolls on player player pianos had all these alternating sort of dots in yeah, order to sure. move the piano. Sure. And so he collaborated with her mm-hmm. in order to create signal hopping, huh. so that the signal could hop all around. And it's the same technology and not be detected by the enemy. Right. And it's the same technology and not be jammable by and the not enemy, be jammable. Right. And it's the same technology that's essentially <laughs> responsible for the primary inventions of like Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. cell phones. Yeah. All of those kind of ironically owed in some part to Hedy Lamar. All of them you owe to Hedley Lamar, everybody. Hedley, that's Hedley. <laughs> so she, um, she, you know, kind of went to the War Department's like, I, I love being an actress, but could you use me here? And they were like, Honey, you could oh, do more good selling so- bonds. Right. And this kissing soldiers at the USO. Cute, don't get me wrong, kid. <laughs> oh, but they took them. <laughs> they took them. They didn't use mm. them until years later in conjunction with something else. But anyway. But ultimately, a, they led to, they, they, that's part of the technology we use in cell phones. Fucking fascinating woman. How fucking awesome is that? And a just, brilliant woman. And kind of like, oh, 
fuck, I have to. Now, here's where we all know that beautiful people, like statistically, oftentimes studies have shown they get all these breaks compared right. to other people. Right, right. But there is the other side, the bittersweet side, which is also a woman like Hedley, who does <laughs> Eddie Lamar, <laughs> who, gotcha. who, who deserves the totally break. Totally deserves the deserves break. She's the brilliant. Break. Yeah, right. Yeah, so there's that. Now, this other piece of history, I want to lean on you because I think it's important for our next film. Now, as I remember my history, <laughs> in 1939, Russia had signed uh, the pact, the friendship pact, or the peace pact with Germany, right. with Adolf Hitler. Yeah. And in 1940, they break, broke the pact with them. Uh, the, no, 1941, the Germany broke the pact. Oh, Germany broke it in 41, not 40? That's correct. They attacked in June of 1941. Okay, well, so then, then it's my point still remains, but I thought there'd be this interesting split. And that's that our next film's Comrade X. Comrade X. Which in so many ways, I just jumped the gun by saying it, it satirizes communist Russia yes. to such a crazy degree that I thought maybe it was produced when when <laughs> when Russia and Germany were still friendly. Right. Released when the Russians were our friends again and that's why my conspiracy theory went that it's not a, well, a more well-known movie. Huh. But that's not it. No, I don't think that's it. Well, just suffice to say this. Let's start this way. 1940's Comrade X is a movie that should be more well-known. It should definitely be It's ridiculous. It's a wonder... It's a... It's a great example of a screwball comedy. It is. It's a really good on example bar of that. with the best. It's better than Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn screw, screwball comedy, as far as I'm concerned. And it borders on like uh, Marx Brothers without all the acrobatics yeah, of the brothers. Yeah, it's banana. It's nonstop. It's subtle at points. It's not at all subtle in other points. They're not afraid to you know put in malaprops. Is it malaprops? Is that what it's called? I don't know what you're. I am to, not right? afraid, as you Americans say, oh, to yeah. put my cards <laughs> under the table. Yes. It's shit like that. It's yeah. like he it's, smokes it's, like a racehorse. No, <laughs> yeah. So this is goddamn. It's such a funny movie. Yeah. So it starts with um, um, Clark Gable. Well, it really starts with just oh. sort of showing us Russia and showing us the sort of like foreign press, including right. a, a, a ridiculous German who's confunct, confunct, all over the place, and and a kind of a sort of like um. Uh, Gene, not Gene Harlow, but anyway, one of those sort of like Capra-esque sort of girlfriends, uh, yeah, 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 right? right? Yeah, the, the My Girl Friday uh, intrepid reporter Who's person. waiting for um, her her beau, sort of on again, off Ex, again beau. Ex-beau, best friend. Yeah, to, very. The other, the other insanely cynical Friday. American amongst them. Clark Gable, Both. who's who's not there for the Russian press conference. And the Russian press conference like, starts off with classic sort of American towards Soviet <laughs> yeah, it's satire. Really, with, it's like, incredible. My predecessor sense. died yesterday. Mysterious car accident. accident. You yeah. know, it's like, you know. The, and, and what's hilarious is, squirrel. is also, if you look at him, the guy who says that, uh, looks looks very much like Stalin and the person that he points to his predecessor up on the yep. wall looked a hell of a lot like Lenin too. Yep. So there's so there's that little element going on. Yeah, but it's just yeah. absolutely the most ridiculous. Just they, they they don't even pretend to lie. Right, um, they just lie and they don't give a shit what you think. It's very that that's those are the elements that most remind me of like Marx Brothers or even right. like the Great Dictator or something like mm-hmm. that. So so um the bad news they're given is that all visas are sort of cut off. They're right. going to be held captive in Russia, not allowed to leave their hotel rooms all the rest of this other stuff until until they find the mysterious comrade x comrade x who's this guy who's getting messages out getting photos out getting material that's and they're would pretty never sure pass he's part of the press corps at some point so that's why they're shutting down the press corps and as soon as this guy reveals himself or they find him which right. they will oh yeah um, um the rest that, of them can leave Right, or go about their job still being hampered in other ways, you know, absolutely. So, of course, what we're given to find is, and this is sort of like um, working my way backwards from age, 
Um, Clark Gable arriving in Moscow right. from his little Mos- Moscownian or Russian vacation yeah. reminds me of um, Hawkeye Pierce returning from Seoul to, nice, like a, yeah. to like the mash 4077 in, in a rickshaw. I would be. I'm in my cowboy hat and robe type, you know. I would be ashamed if, 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 if at some point Alan Alda didn't say, yeah, I took a little bit of yeah. a page from this. Yeah, it's got that sort of, yeah. you know, he's a kind of a ne'er-do-well, you know. Uh, a rogue. Constantly, like, he's over the top as slippery, an American. Sl- slippery grasp of truth and morality, but. But he's always positioned just slightly above any Russian he's talking to. So yes. it's like, give me a fourth martini, please. And then he'll turn to a Russian like, easy, Ruski. Yeah. You know, and it's it's just kind of maddening in a it's way. It's very condescending and, and kind of lovely all it's the awesome, same time. yeah. yeah, yeah. So we understand. Goddamn Americans are cool. <laughs> we understand that that he's um, Comrade X. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> yeah, and and we also um, are given to understand that his sort of like um, the local valet, right, of the, the hotel, his hotel where he stays, is yeah. having a sort of issue, and he's going to need an, someone's help. Yeah, uh, preferably a foreigner's to, help. He needs to talk to Comrade uh, Comrade X. I don't remember the character's name in the movie, but but he needs to talk to him at some point. Oh, he needs to be alone, and there's nobody. You know, it's no, he's almost never alone. But it really just comes down to this his daughter needs to sort of leave russia she'll never leave russia because she's a <laughs> she's loyal a, she's communist. incredibly dangerous she's an incredible danger because she's actually a communist her father this man <laughs> yeah i know there's all these sort of but yeah it's very sort of shakespeare at his best in, oh, in a weird way right lovely. so so um this guy who doesn't care that much about communism one way or another does have the proof because he's been hanging on the hotel that mm-hmm. clark gable is comrade x right. and begins to put the screws to him you get my daughter out and i won't tell anyone that you're comrade x right exactly and he's he's the one sort of Russian that's so stupid that he can't be fooled. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind exactly. of an interesting sort of dynamic that right, he right. has with Clark Gable. He, yeah. He's so fundamentally stupid. It's yeah. impossible to get he's, anything. He's um, Cletus the, the slack uh, jaw yokel from The Simpsons. Pretty much. In yeah. Russia. Yeah. 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 With, a, with a woolly hat. Yeah. So, I, and so, I mean, I just want to stop to sort to say that going back to the idea of the screwball comedy or like or like Neil Simon later on, the sort of the pacing of the, the banter and the dialogue between pam, pam, pam. people at any given moment and all of these scenes where the tension's building yeah. is so incredibly fast. Yeah. It just, you can't help but it's setting you up for a joke. It's very classic sort of joke telling in the form yeah. of a film. It's fucking beautiful. It is a great film. A, yeah. And, and just, and, and, anyways, let's go on. Well, yeah, because now the, the real thing comes along, and that's Ms. Hedy Lamar. Hedy Lamar. She's the Hedy daughter Ray. that Dummy wants to get out, wants him to get out of Russia before she gets killed for being a communist. And so she, in her beautiful, she's a, a Russian streetcar right. uh, driver. Yes. Um, her name is Theodore, her by name the way, because Theodore. only men can drive that's cars. Right. That's right. Can drive streetcars in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> so she just changes her name. Yep. Uh, uh, so, so, so um, you know, uh, basically, Clark Gable agrees right. to, to somehow no. get her out of uh, Russia that no night. No choice. So he, so he goes out to meet her, uh, and he tries to coerce her by into uh, joining him in America, where she can use her communism to fight the, you know, to fight the awfulness that is going on there, where where millions of people star, starve every day, and the Dodgers get murdered every week. <sighs> That's right, <laughs> but so so um, the rest of the film is really just the sort of like the struggle between those two, right? And 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 I have to say this sprinkle with the power struggle going on in the Russians at the same time period. Hedy Lamar, yep, is um, hilarious. She's no, very funny. Yeah. She is actually. I mean, the thing is. <laughs> You can contrast. Their timing is really great. Contrast this with "It's a Wonderful Night," which is a movie that is celebrated and should be. It's a wonder. Uh, uh, it happened one night. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. happened one night with um, Clark Gable and Claudette Col- Colbert. Yeah. 
Um, she's great, and it's yeah. a great movie. Mm-hmm. But really, he gets all the laughs yeah. because of who she is. She's right. the straight man because it's like, what else do you do with a woman? Mm-hmm. And Hedy Lamar solves that problem. Yeah, she she dis- as she should have in every part of her life. She dismissed all the critics as to what you could do. She was beautiful, and she was clearly the funnier. Right, of she the pulled team. it off. Really, really. Smart. Her timing was really was shockingly good in this movie. I agree. Ah, oh, fuck, and it ends in a great tank chase. So. A great as the everything. dumb Russian army follows them because they never mind. They, it's, it kind of resembles stripes in his stripes, uh, and, and yeah. then also um, I remember as a kid um, that at one point they're in the Russian prison, and and the prisoners start to sing, and I remember the next line just had me in stitches when I was a kid, and um, Clark Gable asks the father who's also in prison, "What are they singing?" And he and the father says, "What they always sing when they're in prison, we are, we are free." free. <laughs> and he just oh my god, did I understand World of Fist, Tommy? After that, oh, it was lovely. Yeah, I mean, this movie I can't say enough about this movie. Very different movies. The first one mm-hmm. is is sort of very classically. You understand why it's classically yeah. appreciated as as this great sort right. of monument in late '30s filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It's a little, and I got to be honest. Uh, uh, you know, by way of contrast, I find it a little depressing that Comrade X isn't as well known as I think it ought to be. Yeah, and it really is a good movie. And most depressing of all, I would say, <laughs> is that Eddie Lamar. Lamar didn't Hedley. make more great films. Yeah. As soon as her looks even started to fade, everything went way downhill for her, mm-hmm. um, and spent most of her life totally unrecognized for all these amazing sort of things that she did. Right, right. But at least she had her looks. Yeah, for a while, and then. then then we Charles the, Boyer, not so much. We had he no use for her. Quickly. Charles Boyer, boy, that's an interesting. I'm sorry, last note on Charles Boyer. Mm. He apparently was one of the rare cases of like Hollywood-ish, whatever you want to call him, who um, fell in love with one woman in the 30s and was married to her until really? the day she died. Now she died four days before his birthday, mm-hmm. so two days before his birthday, he was like, "Ah, why not?" And he killed himself. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. good man. Oh, that's a fucking. Bummer. We owe you an episode, Mister uh, Boyer. We, I think we probably do. I think we know what it's going to be about. All right, folks. Look. Oh, this is our 50th episode, by the way. It's just worth noting. We've done 50 of these motherfuckers. fucking zero approaching a year. That's right. God damn it. And we are going to be producing 100, 150. We're going to keep going, folks. We love producing these episodes for you you. each week free of charge. But. How else, Samava? On the other side, if you will. On the other side of the the curtain where Oz lives. Uh, We do have our Patreon. Which is an opportunity for you to do two things. One, kind of to support something that's not making money it's actually yeah. sort of coming out of our pockets but we love this so much just to help us sort of keep afloat yeah and 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 help the maybe, arts and that's and, a straight appeal and maybe improve what we've got here maybe we can do some we can add Absolutely. some elements to it but love the second it. thing is we don't expect you to do that pure, purely for those reasons uh-huh. and, and so we have on the patreon side uh, commitment to twice a month yep. and access to the archives which we yeah that's right which we have plenty of Finley's Fine, Fine Reserve, Reserve which are those episodes exclusively for you Patreon subscribers they're about the same length I've noticed yeah yeah. Uh, they range in topics we don't we're gonna name them all but Billy yeah, we, Wilder we're, we're not making it our Rat nerd Pack corner or anything like that it's all it's all, all weird stuff. So, yeah. it's all across the board <laughs> like weirdo the director and one week and then the Rat Pack or mm-hmm. or something like that um, the next week yep yep we're doing plenty of them. So 
that's our appeal to you. We mm-hmm. also always just tell a friend about this show. Um, rate, us, rate and review us on iTunes. Tommy, mm-hmm. do you have any business? Yeah. Hey, uh, I got my website, which is TomSmithComedy.com. Check that out. I got shows coming up. Uh, and also, you know, I can't stress it enough. Hey, uh, reach us through Finley's on Film at gmail.com. Drop us a line, make suggestions, give us some feedback. We, need, we, we would love some feedback. We're, we're, we're ourselves right now. We could, get, we could use some more of that. Thanks. What? We're just us, man.